Cowabunga Burakasha and Googla Googla, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the voice cast. We are here to look at your favorite animated characters, figure out who played them the best, the worst, and the weirdest, and allow you to vote on them yourselves as soon as we get a website running. I'm Justin, and with me as always is Will. Googla Googla, how's it going, potty people? How's it Googla going? Don't, don't, no. No, no. Alright, so, this week, we'll be covering Michelangelo from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as the second half, or as the second quarter of our TMNT month. Well, who is Michelangelo? Michelangelo, he's a party dude. The big M on his belt buckle and the most outlandish color, so to say, of the turtles, with his bright orange headband that covers his eyes. Where's the forehead? But yeah, Michelangelo, the goofball of the group. The one with the most potential and the outward thinker. The one who always thinks outside the box and does normally comedic things as a means of getting advantage. Much to the betrayal of his original depiction where he was actually one of the, in the original Mirage comics, he was one of the better fighters. Normally paired up with Raphael as they had a competition going on between them constantly. I can still see that spirit though. Though in plenty of other renditions. Like, the way Leonardo was in the 2003 cartoon, Michelangelo was to Raphael, always trying to one-up and egg him on to do better. While also being kind of a bit of a pranksterous dick. So, let's start with the first ever media depiction of him. Where he was voiced by Townsend Coleman. Now that's what I call a serious pizza! Townsend Coleman, also from the same series, voiced Master Splinter, Shredder, Krang, Rat King, Rezar, and Miyamoto Usagi, which is from a side comic, which also although, deals with the turtles. Although Splinter, you know. Shredder, and Krang, Townsend Coleman was all doing replacements for them, where he is extremely worse off compared to the other ones. Yeah. Admittedly. And for, and for Miyamoto Usagi... Um, like, I don't know, like, I know that, like, this character got a spinoff where, like, he was voiced by Jim Cummings, and I want to see that universe where that came to be, you know? I hear those comics are actually pretty good, too. Yeah, but then out of the series, we also have the main character of the series The Tick, where he's this big, buff idiot, and the- Riot and from Waldo Jim. Fr I was going with Waldo from the Where's Waldo cartoon. So overall, yeah, pretty good start. Townsend Coleman is a very, very well, well-established actor. Lots of roles, very defining voice, despite his name not being thrown around so much. Kind of a shame. You say his, that he's a lot, but like, I don't recognize a lot of the stuff he does. He's mainly a, a B or C tier voice actor, as far as I can tell. Uh, I mean, he's gotten some, like, lead stuff. I mean... I mean, getting Michelangelo to start off for for 10 seasons, that's incredible. But besides that, I don't think he's done a lot. While mainly being a side character, he is notable amongst all of his... Um, amongst his cast, so to say. Also, the Tick went along for quite a few seasons. Yeah, I know, but besides those, there's not much that I can say that, like, oh yeah, Town... I'd say Coleman... I mean, this is a series where Rob Paulson voiced Raphael, and, like... 
you talk to any voice actor aficionados like ourselves, it's like, oh yeah, Rob Paulson, you love Cam Clark. All right, but Townsend, I don't know. <laughs> He's also got a pretty bizarre name, so that kind of makes him memorable. Is that like an official name that you can have, Townsend? Well, this is unexpected, so let me look that up real quick. While you're doing that, I wanted to talk about the voice of Michelangelo, where it's, he has a more deeper voice compared to all the other entries that we're going to be talking about, which makes it sound less like a surfer that Michelangelo is known for, and more it's just like, hey, I'm a frat bro, dude. And it just really interests me that he went with that direction, because this is a guy who defined the voice of a character. He's the first guy to do it. So, so to have a party-based turtle... There must have been a decent amount of time to think to himself, like, how the hell am I going to voice this thing? Um, I mean, probably he just knew a guy in college, or, like, maybe this was just, just the guy who he dude. was. Yeah, exa- I think it was more of a, as a frat bro, though. Yeah. Townsend, trans- transferred use of the surname meaning dweller at the mount at the Townsend from Middle English, town, village, hamlet, or stead, plus end. So essentially, his name is Hamlet. Oh, well. The man has two last names for a first name. Yeah. Also, he, he was wait. even born Townsend Putnam Coleman the Third. Putnam, man. Oh God, he must have gotten beat a lot in high school. I believe it. You think he got the voice of Michelangelo from the frat bro- frat bros who like beat him up in in college? That's kind of mean. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Stop being mean to Townsend. I'm sorry, Townsend. A really good establishment for the beginning of Michelangelo's long, long career. Yeah, clearly the most emotional turtle. Will, I have a question for you. I have an answer. If someone forgets your birthday, how do you feel? Someone forgets my birthday? Eh, I kind of expect it. I'm not really that memorable of a person. Really, if it really if it wasn't for Facebook, I'd get like five, not including family, people saying happy birthday. That's what I thought because, um, one of the episodes that I watched was Michelangelo like thinks that everyone forgot his birthday. Turns out they were just like pranking him so that like it would be more surprise party. Michelangelo gets sad and runs away, which honestly I'm not. I don't care. I don't know. As a teenager with such small family and friends, I would be pretty upset too. Especially because in that depiction, Mikey is a lot kiddish than the rest. Oh, yeah. Like I said, he's the most emotional one of them. He cares for animals more. Terrible taste in pizza, though. Yeah. That's all four of them. Then again, they're turtles. I watched that AVGN video again where they all try the pizza. Still a great video. I'm going to have to try pepperoni and mushroom. Pepperoni and, pepperoni and mushrooms. Time, though. Oh, pepperoni and mushrooms. I actually <laughs> have got you there. I actually have a friend who owns the TMNT pizza cookbook. Once we get her schedule out, I'm going to see what we can do there. That sounds like a fun bonus episode. By the way, now I have now that I've watched a little bit more of the 87 version, I really am starting to, like, understand it in a way. Like, this show is very self-aware. Yeah. Like, like the fourth wall breaks or whatever, but, like, I watched an episode where 
<laughs> there's this fucking pool pool full of like sharks that just like pulls out of the floor or in a warehouse and Mikey's just like why do all warehouses have trap doors <laughs> this, is, this is fun I like this they take it on chin too they really like flex that they that, that they know what they're doing and that's part of the charm the best part because if the turtles are anything it's charming or else they're like, just wacky zany for the sake of wacky zany and that doesn't sell well yeah, like, the meme is that, like, oh, the 87 Turtles are more immature. Just, like, that whole universe in general. Like, the joke is that, like, the 2003 version, the 2012 one, do the crossovers with them, and, like, like they're like, man, you guys are pathetic. But, like, they're also in on the joke, too, so it makes me feel a lot better about making fun of them. Yeah, because it's like Teenage Mutant Turtles Forever. As much as Raphael and the four Mirage Turtles were ripping, and everyone else except for Mikey from the 2003 were ripping into the 1980s, they took it on the chin and they were just smugging like, yeah, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, we're getting to you? Good. <laughs> That's just that obnoxious. Like, like, in the first, like in the first episode or second episode where April... She gets threatened that, that she might get fired, and she goes like, I almost lost my job to those stupid turtles. And she goes outside, and all four of them are fucking dressed up in weird 80s wear, fucking dancing <laughs> around with a boombox. <laughs> it's that self it's that self-aware, obnoxious humor that really gave the turtles a good start. Which is, you know, why it would get ten seasons. Jesus. Although these episodes last way too long. Every single one I got so bored. I enjoyed it, but I grew up with it. They're fine, but it's just like... Fine! I, I like the way he said that. <laughs> fine! fine. <laughs> but, the, but the thing is that like these episodes did not need to be 20 minutes long. I would have been a lot better if they were just like 10 minute halves. So that's the 1980s version. Let's move to the movie version. Go! Move it, will ya? Oh, you let him blow right by you! Can you believe this guy? Come on! Don't just ninja kick the damn rabbit! Do something! I significantly like the live action more than the 1980s so far. Well, then again, I love Robbie Rist, the voice actor. And mainly because he voices one of my favorite Naruto characters. He's Choji. I was not expecting... Like, I saw that and I was like, holy fuck, this is all that he does. I mean, that's obviously an over... That's obviously an understatement of what he does, but I do like this rendition. I like Choji, and I do like this rendition of Mikey. Here's the interesting thing to me about this, is that this dude, like, he said Mikey sounds completely different than than Townsend's rendition of him, where with, like, the more deeper voice. Um, It's a lot more... More light, more fun-loving and all he that. He sounds like and, his early teens rather than his later teens. Yeah, he doesn't sound like he's awkwardly going through puberty. Yeah, he sounds like the youngest of his brothers, where he is the youngest of his brothers. So this was a great chance for an actor who probably didn't even know about the Turtles to come in and just, like, see this in a different, in a different light. way. Yeah, in a different light. Can you imagine if this movie never existed and all the Michelangelo's coming down all has some form of a strangely deep voice in, in there somewhere? 
it would be the randomly deep voice Dan Green gives Leonardo in 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 in, in TMNT Forever. Yep. You know, in a in a cartoon, when everyone sounded like this, suddenly this man is sounding straight out of an eighties comic book. It's like, whoa, 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 hey, 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 calm down, calm down, jeez, superhero. Robbie Wrist is also the twenty twelve voice of Mondo Gecko. Yeah. So he Which, has last he has last lasting presence in the show when he's not tied to just Michelangelo. Yeah, but here's something that I want to say is that I watched both Mondo Gecko episodes, one from the 87 version and the one from the 2012 version. Did you watch both of those? I did not. You might be surprised by this. I think the 87 version beats the 2012 version. For Mikey? No, for Mondo Gecko. Oh. Yeah, because here's a th- I can see it. Here- Here's really, the thing. Real, really, the, the the recurring villains in the 1980s weren't that good. Minus, you know, the, the, the frogs. The frogs were amazing. Here's the thing, though, is that the 2012 one just has it as, like, this fuck-off one-shot episode where it's like, uh, they meet Mondo Gecko, um, he's working for one of the villains, and, and they have a race, whatever. Um, 1987 has this interesting thing where, where... Mondo was also in the ooze where the turtles, turtles were also, where the turtles were picked up by Master Splinter, and Mondo was picked up by a villain. So he's not inherently evil. He was just raised that, that way. way. Yeah, so in this strange, each thing, in this wacky 87 show, we kind of have this message about nature versus nurture, and I was like, where the fuck did this come from? Robbie Wrist sounds worse as Mondo Gecko, though, I'm just gonna say. Yeah. I mean, the 87's design is a lot more dated, but at least it doesn't grate on my ears. I could agree to that. Yeah. Plus, Wrist is overall just a good, significant voice actor. Yeah, he's he's got some good oomph in his voice. And the movie had some good lines, too. Like, I love that, I love that scene where they're watching the tortoise and the hare. Mm-hmm. And they're rooting for the turd. Why doesn't he just roundhouse kick the rabbit? <laughs> or just freaking smashing a dude's head in with symbols. That was some good shit. Oh, yeah. And it really played to Mikey being the improv fighter. Absolutely. I really like this depiction of Michelangelo better than the 1980s. Overall, because there's more personality than just young teen. Yeah, there's, there's more that can be worked with since it's not restricted by age. Yeah. Transitioning to... <laughs> <laughs> and now we'll fast forward in time to the 2003, the most notorious and famous Michelangelo by Wayne Grayson. Oh, you think this is bad? You should see us when we have weapons! I really think this is the most solid. It has the great value. It doesn't go too far into being too silly and stupid. And it has that surfer bro mentality rather than the frat mentality that we got. I do feel like this is the official start of Michelangelo voicing like a surfer. I also really like that he's the one-liner guy. Yeah, there there is some good stuff in there. Also, you know, 
Also, you know, he's the other turtle that has that really New York accent. Because he's also Joey Wheeler from Duel Monsters. Yeah, Wayne Grayson. Joey Wheeler. Duel Monsters. Cricket, cricket. Cricket, cricket. No. No mutant crickets. Turtles eat crickets, actually. It's a part of their diet. Good, then it's fitting that I'm a cricket. You can just eat me. Don't give the fans ideas. Send all your fanfiction to thevoicecats at gmail.com. Please no. So, overall, your, 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 your opinion on Wayne Grayson. Overall. Yeah, yeah. Well, he does a, he does a great job. Like, clearly. Like, I do agree with you there. Um, but also, I feel like this is the first time that, like, the, like, as TV shows evolve and all that, like, they're allowed to get away with more intelligent stuff. Like, you have the Turtles, which is, you have the 87 version, which is just, like, a whatever romp. Just, like, random episodes of just, like, weirdness. And movies, there isn't a lot of time to, like, get a lot of development through, like, each character. Here, which I feel we'll like, cover, which we'll cover in a bit. Yeah, which I do feel, I mean, there's not much to say, but like, but here I do feel like that this is the first time that we really get a good look into Mikey's psyche, where it's like, he show <laughs> like, like, Mikey psyche. Mikey psyche. Like, he shows great potential to try to keep up with the rest, rest of his brothers, but just as, as he's lazy, he'd rather focus on other things. Um... But, like, when he's, like, properly motivated, he can do great things. When he he's in a good mindset in a fight, he can do do great. The fight between Michelangelo versus Raph is one of my favorite, favorite Mikey moments ever. The best part yeah. is, also, in their fighting styles, the, new, the, the way Mikey uses his nunchucks and the way Raph uses and Raph's weapon itself... They both size are innately sword catchers or sword breakers, where originally a farming tool meant to poke holes in the ground to plant rice seeds. They are act. They are. They were also used as a means of blocking katanas because with the with the forked shape, they could catch the blade in one and with the twist of the wrist break a person's sword, while also being good punch daggers, as we see Raph use a lot, where he wraps his two weird turtle fingers are between them and use them for extra punching to along with his punch add a little puncture while michelangelo can also use the chains that are connecting his nunchucks to wrap around people's wrists and weapons and pull them away or just tie them around and just launch them over his over his back both i appreciate the explanation but everything that you just said is not my point well i was more bringing up a good parallel between them Fair enough. Now well, I feel like the asshole. While this is, while while this is a voice actor comparison, we also got to focus on the character because the character in the end is the main show. I do, ag- I do agree with you, and I was getting to that. I'll like, get to you. I hope so. We're on the other side of the, f- we're on opposite side of the fucking country. I want to hang out with you. Good. Someone has. So to. we're in agreement. Someone has. To. Good, I'm awfully great. lonely. Kill me. But yeah, if, <laughs> if Michelangelo calms down, 
this fight was so good because Mikey versus Raph, like Mikey, at first Mikey's scared that like he's going to lose. But like when he like calms down and realizes, oh, I'm fighting Raph. He just, he just starts like doing what Mikey does best. Just like spouting off one-liners, annoying Raph until Raph gets angry and loses focus. And Mikey ends up winning this whole tournament that they're in the middle of. Yeah, that's Mikey's superpower. The ability like, to have the opponent play into his play in his court instead of him going to his opponent's court. Like the eighty seven version does have an episode that's called like Why Do We Need Mikey? Which really did make me think, Oh fuck, is this gonna be interesting stuff? But not really. All the turtles get captured. Um, Michelangelo complains for a bit to Splinter about just like just what like What am I gonna do? Yeah, exactly. And Splinter's just, just like, bitch, just go out there. And go and save your again. brothers. Or I will spank your ass. I am going to bed. <laughs> I'm going to bed. Conclusion, when the chips are down, this Mikey can pick him up. And tying back unlike into... Our next, unlike our next topic, we got a bit of a bump in the road then where we're going back to the... CGI TMNT movie, where Michelangelo is voiced by Mikey Kelly. You see, every day it's the same thing. Wake up, birthday party gig, say dude a lot, drive home, watch TV, train, rinse, repeat. Mikey Kelly. Surprisingly, not too bad of a, not too bad of a voice for him. He's not bad, but I'm going to sound like a dick. He just could be better, you know? That's just the like, thing with the whole movie, really. I mean, then again, the guy's most notorious role is Alistair from Beautiful Joe, the original Ratchet voice, and Billy McLemore from Scooby-Doo and the Cyber Chase. Like, I hear better surfer voices. I hear it better in Wayne Grayson. I hear better in Greg Sykes, which we're going to go to soon enough. It's just not my favorite, and I'll be honest, whenever I hear him, it's kind of grating at times. Eh, I like the Michelangelo from the 2007, also known as Cowabunga Carl. <laughs> the the, the thing party turtle. also is that there's not enough of him in the movie to really, like, let that voice shine anyway. Yeah, this is really, that the 2007's really just a Wrath and Leo movie. Yeah, and then a bunch of other shit. Of just like the villains in between. Wrath. We covered that before. Wrath, Leo, interplanetary, interdimensional, Aztec demons from beyond the stars for some reason. Man, they really did not use Dimension X much, did they? No, but also, like, it really, like, that's always what I hear from Turtles fans. It's just like, they're like, well, it was good, but. But this thing from my childhood wasn't in it. This thing, blah blah blah. You know, it's well, like it's not there's a matter so of much it being from there their childhood. So much, it's just there is so much turtle shit in there that you can't feel satisfied with everything. It's like Weird Al coming out on stage and then people people shout out, "Do this song, do that song." There's a huge catalog that you just can't handle. Otherwise, it's a giant clusterfuck. Not entirely. The the turtles' main threats come down to four things. The creatures from Dimension X, the Utroms, the Triceratons, the Purple Dragons, and the Foot Clan, led by first at first Shredder and then later Karai. 
that's four. Four yeah, major establishments. Yeah, and we had one of those in the movie. We had Karai. But do you honestly expect all of those type of enemies to be in a movie? I mean, if they were going to do, if they're if they're going the approach of intergalactics from from beyond the stars, the Utroms, the Triceratons, or any of the Dimension X creatures could have easily been put in. But they clearly didn't do that. Yeah, and look how the movie suffered for trying to do something new, but then kind of making it not sound very turtle-like. It would be an okay plot by itself, but it's not a good turtle movie. Really. Okay, so if you replace these villains with whoever would be more more fitting, do you honestly think it'd be a better movie? Because, like, the same writer is going to stick around regardless. Yeah, I think it would. Oh, really? Yeah. The Triceratons are very easy to write for, and they do have their complexities with the way they run things, considering they're interplanet. They're essentially space Spartans, but Vikings too, because they go around pillaging planets. I mean, the the, the two thousand and three cartoon did the Triceratons very well, or you know, other mutants. Plenty of other mutants they could have used. It's just the whole mysticism behind the intergalactic Aztec-like beings was just really out there for a turtle's plot. I don't think that anything could be out there for turtles. You would be surprised. I've said this before. The baseline of turtles is it's strange. That's its greatest strength is that they could do fucking anything and it would make sense because at the base we have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. When it all comes down to it, it's the writing that kills anything. You can put all of your favorite things things into a movie, and that doesn't mean that it's going to be good. I mean, look at the Michael Bay movies. Like you got all of all this shit. You you still have the Shredder. You still have you still have Casey Jones. You still got Bebop and Rockstar, and you still have Krang. And but do people still give a shit about those movies? No. I really didn't see the live-action movie, the the, the the Michael Bay movies. I can tell by just... You can just look at the writing and people didn't give a shit. Well, it's Michael Bay. He's King Schlock. Actually, how did this movie do? Um, while you're doing this, just move on to Turtles Forever. Going to Turtles Forever. We go back to our friend Wayne and his side car- and his sidecast, Johnny Castro for Michelangelo 1987, and Bradford Cameron for Michelangelo Mirage. So you're supposed to be us from other worlds. I don't see it. Which, the the only thing they have under their belts is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Forever. Jack Diddley squats. But, honestly, Bradford Cameron did a pretty funny Michelangelo. I made a mistake last time. One of my favorite lines wasn't said by Donatello, the, so you're trying to be us from another world. I don't see it. That whole smug oh, attitude came from Mikey, not from Donnie. That's the line you like? Yeah. Oh, because I didn't, I didn't like this Mikey at all. I loved him. He was smug. It's, he was snarky. It's really too sounded. nasally. Yeah, all the Mikeys are, sn- are smug and s- yeah, but like he had that. a real, 
I mean, he sounded more like a Jewish grandma. What are you doing out there? Yeah, what are you doing out there? I don't see it. But yeah, sure. You, there you are a like lot. Those. As a native New Yorker, there are a lot of nasally people here in this goddamn state. But that doesn't mean city. that that makes a good voice. I mean, it's convincing that it's New York, and it's not. No, it's so not. Bad. What do you think of New York? I do not think of ah, I'm nasally. Then you have not been to anywhere else in Queens. And again, no, you haven't. The more, uh, the more inward you go, the more nasally they sound. Again, because the Queens has a lot of historically Jewish neighborhoods and areas, and they tend to have very nasally voices. That's not that. That's not me being an anti-Semi. That's just me making a statement about an observation based on the borough that I live in. A lot of people have nasally voices. Hell, I have a bit of a nasally voice, and I'm not. Yeah, Jewish. I know. Well, I am, and I do. I hate my own nasally voice. Why would I like other people's nasally voices? Yeah. Oh, by the way, um, Michael Bay Turtles, 22%. The CGI TMNT is like 34 on Rotten Tomatoes. So I, th- I think that the universe understands who the right one is. Although, granted, Out of the Shadows slightly passes it. And to be fair, taste is subjective. But it's good to have... Different tastes, some are good and some are not. Like sauerkraut on pizza. Why am I arguing about this? I don't even like the 2007 movie. Yeah, I somehow coaxed you into defending the 2007 movie. You know how I am, though. I am extremely argumentative to a fault. A big fault. Speaking of fault, 2012 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We didn't talk about the... We didn't talk about the... The 87 Michelangelo yet, though. From Turtles Forever. That's just ooze! We fight old bucket breath over that stuff all the time! Score! No line! We'll take four large pizzas with sauerkraut, tuna fish, pretzels, and jelly beans! Nothing... nothing really there about him. I mean, really nothing he does, there. I mean, he does the voice. It works. Works fine. It's slightly gruffer than Townsend Coleman, but... It See, sounds I don't... like a watered-down Coleman, which yeah. kind of makes it a little better. I mean, that's what a I little softer in the A little softer in the voice, which is good, but like, still just very samesy. Exactly. That's that's what I expect, though. That's that's what I, that I hope for. Like, I question why you like the Leonardo Dan Green from this movie, because... Well, because, like, no matter what, like... I don't see this like obviously in the '87 versions who have who don't have their voice actors should try to imitate the original voice actors, and some of them and do it some, good. And yeah. this is a and this is an alright example. Yeah, though he was a lot better as he was a lot better as Rocksteady. All right, just like a big dumb guy. Not 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 better than the original, but still a very good Rocksteady. Sliding on into that next transition, we'll be doing the 2012, voiced by the legendary Greg Sipes. <laughs> Sorry, Leo. I'll scream quieter. <laughs> Raphael is all wise and powerful, and he's better than me in every possible way. <laughs> 
a bloated buffalo. <sighs> I wish this moment could last forever. We all know this is my favorite. You, you may all know him as Beast Boy from Teen Titans. Go. Everyone's. Do you favorite. want me to go? Or are you mentioning Teen Titans Go? Teen Titans Go. Everyone's favorite. I mean, I no, like are it. You, are you saying go for me, or are you telling me to go and do, give my explanation? Or are you saying Teen Titans Go? Teen Titans Go. The show. Yeah, no. All right, I'll go. Greg Sipes, this is my favorite Michelangelo, hands down. I could definitely see. I could definitely see where you're coming from, and he's a very close second for me. He's also, I, gonna... I, I also love Greg Sipes because he's my favorite Ben 10 character. He's Kevin Levin. Kevin E. Levin. No, he's not. Yes, he is. No. He's older Kevin's Kevin voice... from Alien Force. Oh. Oh, Alright. You ding dong. Also How was I supposed to know that? Also Chiro from Super Robot Team Hyperforce Go. Another go that he's a part of. Weird. It is weird. The Greg Sipes just nails that childhood heart heart feeling that Michelangelo has. Um it's just it's just the voice that I hear in my head. When I hear Greg Sipes' Michelangelo, I just think this makes perfect sense to me. It does make perfect sense, really. Just the quintessential surfer voice actor. Actor also, just like, just, oh, he just gets, like, I was, I was really debating between the 2003 Michelangelo and the 2012 version, but the thing about it is that, is that Wayne Grayson was perfect for a more adult version of the Turtles, where it's where it's a little bit less kiddie. Like, there has to be a bit more gruffness in his voice. He got the surfer thing down, down, but it just works with his character design. Whereas Greg Sipes' voice, I see more consistently among all the Teen Mutant Ninja Turtles renditions. If you put Greg Sipes' voice on top of the 87 Turtles, I, w- I think I'd feel satisfied. He would have been a better alternative than... than... Uh... Than Johnny Castro. But obviously he couldn't do that because because like union rules, blah blah blah. Um, and also Sipes is such a great guy. There was one time I went over to a I went to a convention, waited for him in line, and I wanted to ask him about his relationship with the guy who directed the, the Ninja Turtles twenty twelve series, because this is the guy who also did Super Super Robot Monkey Team Hyper Force Go. And worked on Teen Titans, just like a, a, a bunch of stuff that we love. Childhood and Greg Sipes is in all of his work, so so I I went up to Greg Sipes like asking about about this guy and all of his pro- projects, and then when I look up, I see that Greg Sipes' phone is up, and he's like, "Say all the stuff that you want again. I'm going to record it, put it on Instagram, and share it with him." And I'm like, "Holy fuck!" The man is totally into social media, which is a super boost to his career. But it's also natural for him to be such a way. He's just a very friendly guy. That's probably he's probably one of the best voice actors out there. I agree to that. Now, moving on very briefly in this very small blip of this podcast, since I felt the need to mention Johnny Knoxville last week, we have to talk about Michael Bay again. 
I haven't seen it yet. Will I see it? I don't fucking know. Noel Fisher is fine. We were sent by the Supreme Leader to eat delicious humans and dip them in ranch dressing. I'm just kidding. I'm a vegan, except for meat and cheese and eggs. 36,000 feet traveling at 490 knots. Whoa, they've achieved the power of flight. Good for them, you know? They're on a plane, Mikey. Huh. Noel Fisher is just fine. Yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about live-action movie versions of Michelangelo, I would rather go to risk, but Noel Fisher does, does alright. There's some funny lines that I've heard heard from him just like in that minute of the of just like the behind the voice actors comparison clip like like Donnie's like they're traveling the villains are traveling like 2,000 miles an hour Michelangelo's like whoa they learned the power of flight good for them no they're, they're on a plane Mikey <laughs> I think that's really funny just the delivery just the just the wide-eyed innocence is he gets that that line might make me want to watch those movies now um i'm always down for a movie with you absolutely so just give it some credit where it's due he's he's an okay mikey yeah uh, just okay to me but okay is better than not good much better yeah there really aren't a lot of bad ones here and we decided not to cheat and go for like the the video games or anything. Speaking of video games, I'm going to transition into the 2017 Jonan Vasquez skit where he's played by Blake Anderson. Blake from Workaholics. Well, you were in the bathroom, but Raf said that Donnie wouldn't need to waste his time inventing stuff to help him fight if he just focused on training more. And... <laughs> Disagreed, then said something clever, and well, you know how Raph gets. <laughs> Are they dead? Is this a contest to see who could be the most dead? <laughs> I don't know. Are you guys dead? Really good pick for Michelangelo. Like, <laughs> that that's the he's by far like for the for, for, for the limited performance that he did give for the short, by damn he he got Mikey. Kind of the mocking Raph with the ultimate tunic can fight engine and then he hit me in the head with this can <laughs> I, I love that because it is just it, it's totally just like this has happened before for and i'm just used to shit getting thrown in my head that and blake anderson i hear is a really really nice guy well then again everyone from workaholics is a really nice guy yeah because these are just guys who just came off the street and just made this show I also really like that line where Raph and Donnie are on the floor and Leo's like, are they dead? And Mikey's like, I don't know. Hey, are you guys dead? <laughs> so yeah, very good on you, Blake. Very good on you. Though he's probably never going to see this. Senpai notice us. Gonna go neck myself for that one. Bada bop it up, dead. Well, I hope. I hope he doesn't for the. I hope he doesn't for the same reason why my, why I don't want Mike Kelly to see this. I don't want to see a guy like guy like get pissed off for the stuff I say. Okay, now going to getting getting pissed off things that I say. I didn't like Brandon Michael Smith as Mikey. 
That's nice of you to say, Pop, but I'm tired of practicing. We got the squeals, we got the tight color coordinated team look. Let's yo, Leo, we're gonna be heroes. A dreamer, you look at a blank sheet and see nothing. They see possibility. Man, this seemed like a really cool idea until we didn't succeed at it. Okay, in his defense, it's different. It's a little it's bit different. different. I I like um, different, but it 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 it, it grates the inside of my eardrums. Really? It really grates the inside of me. Comparison to the nasally Bradford Cameron. Yes. Well, at least I know what my bad is for this week. Look, like it's a little bit like I I don't know. I already said that like this show isn't as bad as people say it is. There there are some there are some moments and I don't know. The first Black Mikey, which is well, the first Black Mikey that matters, which is Ouch. which is kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, fuck Turtle Two. I'm never watching that. Ow. Um, he, still, he kinda, ow. <laughs> you really hurt by by oh, who cares about Turtle Tunes? Really? No, but there's better tact than that. Jesus Christ. What, I'm racist for shitting on Turtle Tunes? No, the way you went at it was like you were hate criming him or something. I'm not <laughs> Calm down All right. there. Alright, well we both can be racist. I'm not saying you're a racist. <laughs> well, I'm gonna be insulting some something else is that I don't know, it's a bit different. Kinda sounds a bit more gay, a bit more feminine, a bit more fruity. Like he's an artist, I guess. But it's just I can just kind of hear that that kind of just like splendiferous attitude. He's he's super up upbeat, kind of cute, honestly, from what I've seen. I didn't get past the second episode, but Mikey is a vocal character, so I got enough information and data to process for my opinion. I'm overall not impressed with his performance. I'm not saying he's it's... bad. I'm just saying he's all. Oh, I'm overall not impressed. See, I'm watching. I'm trying to at least like watch episodes that focus on on the characters that we're trying to talk about so that they have plenty of room for me to like hear what they do. Implying Mikey doesn't already get his say in everything in every episode that he's in. You make it sound like he's a bad guy or something. Well, no, it's kind of his job to get out the one-liners. It's it's kind of his job to be interacted with the plot. I mean, I don't hate Rise of the Turtles. But I can see why people hate it. It might be a bit too much to not like. Like, I just watched an episode with a character that I think is Karai. I don't know. And she's straight up autistic. What? Like, so the episode was essentially that Michelangelo goes on a solo mission to get a video game from an auction house. Whereas two of the, vil two of the main villains have this has this woman with kind of a buzzed haircut with, with black hair who's who's a very skilled fighter. And she's like the kind of person who just like takes takes everything way too seriously and is kind kind of crazy. Like she's still skillful, but it's just like skillful and determined to a fault. So I think, oh great, Karai's autistic now. <laughs> of course that's what I say whenever I see someone who is autistic. I have Asperger, so I'm allowed to say this. <laughs> Speaking of judging people, who was your? Who do you choose? Who's your best? The who's your best? Who's your worst? And who's your weirdest? 
Okay. The best. It, the best is tied, but one was part of a short. The other was part of a main meat and potatoes. It was, it's got to be rice. A wrist. Right. Robbie wrist. Got to go double R's. Worst. Worst. I'm, I'm going to have to say uh, Johnny Castro. And weirdest. Weirdest definitely goes to Townsend Coleman. Really? The first one? Yeah. Considering wow, I expecting... while I did have more experience with the 1980s, I had more experience with the 2003 and everything thereafter. So going back to Townsend's deeper voice, it's a little weird for me. Good. Good. Good start. Great start. But still weird to go back to, so to say. You know? Yeah, I gotcha. Go. For me. For me. And first of all, this was a lot tougher than Leonardo. Mainly because uh, Michelangelo is actually interesting and has a, a significant characteristic that's not petty. Yeah, there's actually there there's a there's a good like like level of quality among all of these guys. So so I'm so glad that Bradford Cameron exists because he's the worst. <laughs> Easily. <laughs> Greg Sipes is the best and the weirdest. Um I'm gonna give it to Brandon McCall Smith from Rise. I can see where you're coming from. Yeah, and if you'd like to see where we're going to be coming from, um, join us next week when we work on Raphael. Check us out at facebook.com slash thevoicecast. I hope I'm saying that right. I haven't seen it in a while. And we will see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.